You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Uh, this time we've got a special guest on, you've probably already seen in the title. His name is Remy Monaco, he's a buddy of mine. Uh, but before we do introductions, uh, you're probably wondering, who's this talking to me and, and who is hosting right now? You know, it's not Harper Cody, so we're going to do things a little bit differently here. And I will be asking the guys how they're doing. So Casey, why don't you go first? How you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty well, other than the fact that I lost seven toes on Saturday skiing all day. So that was unfortunate. Pretty freaking cold out here in Collingwood after getting just blasted with snow. Now we're just hit, getting hit by a, a whiteout and some freezage. I, I know you guys are all getting the same because I've seen on every single Brockville Citizens Facebook, Instagram, social, LinkedIn, every single social media platform they have. They're posting a video of how much snow they're getting. It's like, I don't care. But anyways, back to positive notes, doing well. How's Harp doing? I'm uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, it's Martin Luther King Day as we're recording, and I did not know that when I was at work this morning in the studio because I'm looking at tsn.ca and seeing the schedule of all the afternoon hockey games that are on, and I'm like, what the heck? And so I literally had to Google, is today a U.S. holiday? And it makes sense that today is mlk day so was able to come home do a bit of shoveling of course and then uh watch uh, the sabers against detroit and i wish i could come on and uh be in a good mood and talk about a uh, an over uh, an overtime victory for the sabers but uh they blew a third period lead and and lost so uh but yeah. no ton of games on today and and it was really nice to watch some this afternoon so all in all i'm doing pretty good why is it that you radio guys know that it's national cinnamon bun day but you don't know that's martin luther king day i was that's a good that's a good point actually. i was thinking the same thing like if a, if a radio guy is gonna know something about something it's gonna be a holiday about whatever the fuck and i can't yeah. believe he didn't know about that and also too in our fantasy group chat alan at mansky last night was talking about it he was like look out for the afternoon game set your lineups like whatever so gotta pay more attention but anyways guys i'm i'm great as well uh you might notice i've got a kachina arizona jersey behind me here and uh that's because i, I wasn't sure who to pick but i got the kachina jersey up casey and i uh were were involved in a, a small little parlay the other night and it was like a slam dunk absolute slam dunk and we were given the odds by our buddy here remy we're going to talk a lot about betting uh and we're going to introduce him soon but i've got the kachina jersey up because they beat the maple leafs and that was the only team that we needed to hit toronto was like 75 to 25 odds to hit and we lost what a joke it was Kirill, or Carl Vamelka, whatever his name is, is the second coming of Patrick Waugh, and uh, what a night. So that's yeah, why I've got that jersey up. I, I took two parlays in that, on that day, and I went seven for nine on them, and the two that I missed on was Arizona beating Toronto. And yeah. that just blew my mind. But at the same time, I'm not surprised, because if it's one team that's going to screw me, it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like, yeah. I, I've now take a vow to never bet on a Toronto game ever again, either for or against them, because if I vote again or bet against them, they're going to win. It's like, 
it's inevitable. So I'm yeah. just never going to do that again. I I have to jump in here with the with the coyotes. So another friend of ours, Calvin Chad, he was doing some early season NHL betting, and he had a parlay where he hit the first two games bang on, and then at the time. He bet against Arizona, obviously, because they were like, oh, 11 and one out of the gate or something. And then they beat Seattle <laughs> for their first win of the season. And that just completely washed everything out for him. So thank you, Scott uh, Wedgwood. Yeah. 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 yeah true. Exactly. That's right. Eh? OK. Yeah. Without further ado now, uh, we'll introduce our guest who's been waiting there patiently. Uh, our guest, his name is Remy Monaco. He's a friend of mine uh, from our days back at U of T. Uh, multiple. Uh, what's it called undergraduate hockey championships under our belt between the two of us uh, a bunch he was my captain for a little bit and then I carried the torch after he graduated um he is also and I'm not making this up a 2017 world champion with team Hong Kong for ball hockey this is true and we have the picture uh in in the uh, for the episode notes and on the page so you can check it out there's a picture of him with the trophy world champion um wow. but the reason we're bringing him on today is because um you know recently there's been a lot of talk on our page about sort of getting into hockey betting and you know get, trying to win the listeners some money right so we brought on Remy because he he's a smart guy he's a talented guy analytical uh by nature you know he's currently doing his MBA at U of T and he built this model using expected goals and uh, goals saved above expected and his model is predicting outcomes for NHL games and so without further ado uh, let me introduce to the boys in the booth podcast my friend Remy Monaco how you doing doing well thanks for the uh, the intro I um, it always it's always kind of funny to hear the uh, the world champion title thrown around but um, <laughs> It's just one more one more trophy, I guess, that, that not a lot of people say they can have or can say they have. Um, happy to be here. Was the this is my burning question. Was the World Championship trophy with Hong Kong more important to you than the multiple Woodsworth Intermural Championship D2 trophies? I think um, my time at U of T before you came, we, we didn't really have a goalie. So the uh the t-shirts are very elusive so i think the uh it was a much sweeter to win the t-shirt after um after my early undergrad days okay and so i want to hop right in um and for sure. the listeners here uh remy is also in our fantasy league and uh so my first question actually that i had written down here if you're so good at betting why am i pumping you in fantasy and uh, i'm sure we're going to talk a bit about that but let's let's do fantasy corner and then we'll get into the questions for remy um so case why don't we start with you with fantasy corner and uh what's going on for fantasy for you I just got absolutely pumped by PPD again last week. I know everyone can say that, but I feel like I had a lot. Like the first night I had eight guys with PPD beside their name. And um, Luke and I got into a little bit of a blood feud for a while there during last week. But he came out on top and, you know, that's fine because I know that at the end of the day in playoffs, I've got a better roster than that guy. So as long as I make playoffs, I'm going to beat him anyways. I hope Luke's listening to this. Harp, how was your fantasy last week and this week? It, it was good. Uh, got uh, got a win, so the the record gets a little bit better. It's still bad, but we're up to four and nine now, and and beat uh, Taylor Prosser, Backstore Bandits, one thirty three to one hundred nine. So it was relatively close, and uh, just was able to pick up a, a few guys in free agency 
to get those games played up. Obviously, uh, it's tough right now with so many guys out with COVID and games being postponed, like what Case said. But I was able to pick up like guys like Lawson Krause and, and Michael Bunting and even Carter Verhage, which just uh, really surprised me. And the Florida Panthers have scored 16 goals in, in two games. So um, he was able to get in on the goal scoring the, the last couple of games, which was really nice. So got the That's- win last week, which was good. And uh, and then this week up against the Danbury Trashers, Dylan and Finley. So up uh, up on him to start, projected to lose. So we'll have to see how it goes. Sorry, Case, go ahead. That's the second most in NHL history in a two-day uh, two span uh, yeah. by the Florida Panthers. The second most goals total? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Even uh, in like the 80s? Yeah, it was like... The the team ahead of them, I think, was like eighty nine, and then it was like Washington two thousand three, and then a bunch of eighties teams below them, Christ. which is pretty crazy to think about considering how many goals they were scoring back then. Yeah, I saw this thing where it's Florida in their last fifty games has nearly as many goals as Montreal in their last eighty two, which is like <laughs> that's tough. Like that's almost doubling Montreal. So I mean, not to beat up on the Habs who are officially in dead last right now, even behind Arizona. But uh, the price is right for Shane Wright this year. So I guess we'll see if that continues. But fantasy for me last week, guys, another uh, one in the W column for me. I'm still chasing the meatheads in first place, though. Like Luke Sheridan, and I know he's listening. Like the second I release this, he's always the first listener. And I think he listens on double speed, too, so that he can text me like as soon as, you know, and and see if I chirped him. But the chirping's going to continue because I don't like his squad at all. like when I look at it on paper, but he keeps edging out victories and it looks like this week he's projected to win again against uh, the Hornytown only fans who hasn't even been playing the last few weeks because allegedly he got locked out of his account. So here's another dub for the meatheads most likely. Um, and I am playing this week Remy actually, which I wanted to bring up. Um, and the projections are just gross for that. So Remy, before I also talk to you about that, I do want to mention as well that a bit of a blunder last week for me, even though I got the win, was picking up a Vander Kane. And anyone in our, our league listening is going to know like right away that I've tried to trade a Vander Kane a million times already because I picked him up on the day where in the news it was reported that he was expected to sign within three hours so i picked him up and i thought i was the the fastest guy to do it and and i was pumped but now because there's this thing going on where he traveled to vancouver when he had covid the league is looking into it and so i don't know what's happening there he was dropped in my other league so i don't know if he's even valuable to have now when he does come back i know he will be especially if he plays on edmonton but anyway remy i'll pass it on to you talk about some fantasy and or maybe case if you can chime in whatever up to you guys i i just think chad's probably the biggest snake oil salesman in the <laughs> league right now <laughs> why not every time you get a request five hours later the uh, the guy's just been dropped so you know if, if chad's trying to trade him he's uh he's selling real low <laughs> yeah yeah well, not a great week yeah. not a great week for me i uh made some made some blunders too i uh my pride and joy, Elvis, and that for the Blue Jackets got a shutout, but I forgot to start him. And uh, even today, I, I have Reimer, he's back off the IR, and uh, the afternoon games, they got me too. So, been a rough couple weeks for uh, now Will Nye, the science guy, but um, 
I think uh, I think I'll bounce back. I had to take uh, take a spot when Rask was recovering. Did it? He didn't get the IR spot, so I was just eating up a, a roster spot there. And I'm still going with uh, 3D. I just am going all offense. So I think once my once my guys uh, regress to the mean, I'll have a good team if I can squeak in the playoffs. I'll look like the uh, maybe the 2010 Kings, just just plowing through everyone. Love it. There you Love go. it. My my yeah. defense have sort of been all offense lately. I've got Roman Yossi, who is uh, my vote for the uh, Norris Trophy this year, personally. And Mackenzie Weger, who is suddenly the GOAT on the back end. He's got so many points for Florida in these last two games and these last two weeks. I've been absolutely loving him. And he was uh, on that list of most underrated players as voted by the fans. So definitely check that out on the Instagram. I was kind of blown away by some of the people on both sides of that list. And then the fact that Jack Campbell was on both lists always makes me laugh when you get a guy who is seen as underrated and overrated. You know what? You know what that is? It's people voting who are just like, ah, like, like, I don't know. Like, what is he? Is he overrated, underrated? It's just like, he's such a polarizing player it just freezes people and like personally i don't know which side i would put him on either so kind of makes sense but speaking of fantasy last thing i i want to mention before we get into questions here for remy is that timo meyer currently in in this afternoon game has five goals um 24.75 points right now in fantasy for one game Timo Meyer and now uh, last week or a couple weeks ago remember I was saying and I want this to be you know on the record Timo Meyer is a dark 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 horse for some good a good amount of heart votes and so he's really making his case here for another fantastic game on his already fantastic season so I just want to put that out there that we are right about some things and Timo Meyer is tearing it up I must not have been on that episode. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. You guys ready to get into some questions about Remy here? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Okay. First one, Remy, we're going to start off easy. This is as much for me and the guys as it is for the listeners at home as well. I just want you to kind of go through some and explain some relatively common uh, betting terminology that people may or may not know. We'll start easy and maybe get into some more complex ones. So a few that just off the top of my head, like explain what the odds mean plus and minus um, to, to a dummy. Explain things like money line versus puck line, what a parlay is. I mean, we, we know what that is. We've been using those. But for, again, for people at home, what a point spread is, what it means to fade, uh, what a pick is in terms of the odds uh who a bookie is and what they do etc so if you could just kind of go through some of those and and rhyme it off again for for us here on the pod and for those listening at home hope you're writing that down (laughs) for sure i mean we can start very easy obviously in any game you got you got two teams you have a favorite and an underdog so um the odds there's there's different types of odds um i think you you mentioned minus which is like american odds so there's american odds which is like the plus you know 110 minus 130 decimal odds which kind of show you your direct return so if you bet a hundred dollars you get 1.9 return um or percentage odds which is like uh implied win percentage or basically how often that team needs to win to uh to be profitable so if you look at a game tonight we have uh i think the late game between Pittsburgh and Vegas, that uh, that's called a pick'em, and a pick'em is like theoretically a fifty-fifty. So those odds would be set at about fifty-fifty, um, and and there that means you just get 
exactly your return back. So you put $100 down and you win $100. So that would be like $200 because of the, the original bet of $100. Um, moving forward, you know, money line, puck line. So money line is like, uh, like how the standings are tracked, win and loss. If the team wins, the money line pays out. If the team loses, your money line bet is a loss. Puck line is, uh, is the spread. In hockey, you don't see it too often. It's usually just, uh, just a 1.5 spread. Um, sometimes, you know, 2.5 in like last week when, when Colorado played Arizona, when it's a really big change. But in, in hockey, the spread is usually 1.5 goals as opposed to a sport like football or basketball where it can be, you know, 3.5, 4.5, anything where um, that, that's what the bookie or the house or Vegas, however, however you want to call it, uh, sees the game at. So uh, moving to, to bookie, I mean, that's just like who you place your bet with. You know, if you you have a buddy like i come on on the podcast and i say hey chad like let's let's make a bet um we might we could bet each other that's that's kind of a direct exchange a bookie would be like i have a guy so i i call my bookie and and he'll he'll take the bet he'll um lay me those odds which just means you're you're backing the 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 event to not happen if that makes sense so uh going back to that pittsburgh vegas game if i laid you vegas to win you would be taking vegas to win in this case on the money line and i would be uh laying that so i'd be backing Be- vegas to not win or pittsburgh to win um i think you also mentioned fade fade is a uh, kind of like laying it's like the opposite so you know i think we're gonna get into my picks for tonight and if if you don't like them you don't you disagree you can fade me and that just means, you know what, this guy's kind of full of BS and I'm going to go the other way. So I think we all have that one guy who uh, who claims he has the magic or he knows he has this new thing. Right. Maybe in, in this case, it's me. But if you want to fade someone, you're just you're just saying they don't know what they're talking about. Um, I think that's everything I think. Oh, and, and parlay. Parlay is just um, you're like multiplying. So rather than saying the, the Penguins are going to win or the Vegas is going to win, you're going to say. The Penguins are going to win, and um, I think Arizona is going to beat Montreal. And because you have to, you need both of those outcomes, both of those events to occur. You're uh, you're multiplying the odds against each other. So if both of them have a fifty percent chance of occurring, you now have a twenty five percent chance of your uh, your bet paying out, and you're trying to get more favorable odds uh, using that. Um, one more thing I don't think we mentioned, but I'd like to touch on is um, an exchange. So how odds work are, um, you know, you see, you see the pick them usually theoretically the odds should be 50, 50, like I mentioned, but if you go on bet three, six, five right now, they'll probably uh, say minus minus one ten, minus one ten, or in the decimal odds, it'll be like 1.91. Uh, the conversion for that is just math and, and you can do a quick Google to, uh, to, to do that conversion, but, um, it's really just preference and how you kind of interpret that information. Um, going back to the, the bookie and, and bet three, six, five, this is going to be a lot of math for a podcast. So I apologize, <laughs> but, um, that's why you're here, man. You, uh, the, the, when you bet against bet three, six, five, their business model is really centered on you losing because if you keep winning, right they're they're just giving you money and that's not going to work. So what they have to do is, uh, build in what's called juice or vig. Um, and that's to ensure that they have a bit of a spread to uh, to protect against you know um, continuously losing money. So if you 
take it this way. If you put uh, $100 or, sorry, $110 on Vegas, right, and they win, you only get $100, which means in the long term, Vegas and Pittsburgh, if they win 50% of the time, you're only getting 1.9% of your money, or sorry, 1.9 times your money back, which means long term, Bet365 is going to make money and you're going to lose money. That's what makes betting against the house extremely difficult because you're already fighting an uphill battle. So I like to do a lot of my betting on um, this sport exchange called the Sport X. And what that does is it lets um, users bet against one another. So if I like the pens and you like the knights, we can actually go directly against each other and we remove that juice. So rather than betting minus 110 on both sides, we can meet in the middle at exactly 100 which means we're going to get the correct payouts given the uh, the implied probability of the game. Does that make sense, or is that a little too much? No, no, that makes I, sense to me. I like that. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And the site that you're talking about is that the site that you were telling me that you've been using a ton, and you recommend that I get it the the one where you're playing with Ethereum. Yes, so you can bet using Ethereum. You can also bet in um, it's a crypto, so you can bet in stable coins. Uh, which are just you can think of them as like traditional U.S. dollars, um, and they're just in the crypto space to make you know transfers a little smoother. Um, I, I yeah, I've been betting there for about two years now, and uh, it definitely uh, betting is all about math. And when you remove that juice and you get that little edge back, that really adds to your profitability. So I really like uh, using that exchange. Okay. Um- for people you know listening right now as like i'm talking about when we started talking about you know explaining what things are and people are listening to that probably going piss off i'm an experienced better you know give me the details so and and i'm thinking of like specifically guys at home that i know of who bet all the time we're just like boring when they're listening to this right now so let's get into your model and I want you to talk about your model, how you came up with it, why you think it's it's a good model, and how it compares to some of the bigger ones out there. For sure. Um, I think I actually, I mean, I only built the model a couple months ago. Uh, I was inspired by uh, my statistics class. The, uh, the final project was to uh, predict something. We had a, a range of topics. I didn't actually pick the sports topics because I didn't want to... Um, you know, show my hand and, and tell my prof I was a complete degenerate. But <laughs> I, um, when I got COVID, I was I was just bound to my room, and I just, I figured, what else could I do? I could I could play around in Excel and build the model. So I um, I started just you know running some regressions and, and seeing what stats you know affected outcomes more than others. And I really built it to be simple because you can add so many variables to to determine what's going to happen. You know. If uh, I remember when when Vegas came in to the league, the Vegas flu was going around, so their home record was really strong. Um, you know, the Leafs are always going to lose the first playoff game, like little things like that. It's really hard to, to uh, price those into a, to a model. So I felt like using expected goals was a, a good place to start. I think it's a, a true indicator of, you know, how the game's going, the flow and uh well, being a little more analytic than, you know, this team's higher in the standings, it still gives you some room to uh, to be simple as well. Okay. And I know that you use also expected goals against and for goalies. And right. talk about like how you think, why you think that's an important stat and how you incorporate that. Uh, I think 
for like a, you and I, we both played goalie. We know the goalie has a, a big job to play. Um, sometimes you can be on like Vimelka last week against the Buds, or uh, I guess you know Ryan uh, or Quick today. He didn't want to show up and he just let Timo have a field day. So I think the goalie plays a really big role, um, probably like the single most important role in the team. Uh, so I think if you can group the team as an offensive unit. Um, the goalie is probably going to have the biggest difference on the defensive side of things. So I, I decided to include that. Again, I didn't want to get too intricate and include um, all, all the, uh, the defensive stats, but I felt like the goalie had enough of a pull where it would, uh, would affect the results. Remy, you mentioned uh, the inspiration behind you know, creating your model and, and in your statistics class and having to kind of you know, do it as an assignment, uh, so to speak. And so uh, like one of my questions was, do you ever look at some of the big players' models out there, like a Jay Fresh on Twitter or Dom Lucision of The Athletic, who daily will come out with things like projected NHL standings and, uh, and things like that? Do you look at those guys at all for any inspiration with, uh, with your model? model i think um like I, i've definitely seen them kicking around but I, I don't think i'm just pretty busy right now i don't have time to uh to look into it all i know like everyone has their own thing and i think for especially for me this is just something that worked and a little kind of uh, project i wanted to get started on um i remember i did a little bit of testing with the uh the money puck, puck model um in the 2020 playoffs yeah, the the lock there, the the like bubble year, and uh, I don't even know was that 2020. Yeah, yeah. that was when yeah. Columbus beat Toronto 2020. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's why I just purged it from my memory. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't love you know just using someone else's data. I it could be more accurate. I know they have a lot of uh, factors, and I love looking at the uh, the big wheel with all the Stanley Cup odds. But I wanted to uh, really make something of my own and, and just do it my way. So where, awesome. do you, where do you get your data from then? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so I built it in Excel and, and uh, I built a couple of macros to automate things. So I have an uh, uh, automatic pull-in from uh, Natural Stat Trick for expected goals, both home and away, because I think that has a, a really big factor in, in you know, the outcome of the game. And then I actually I do weigh the um, the goalies st- goalie statistics from Money Puck. I think they are uh, they are pretty accurate, and and so far they've been they've been good to me. Um, I, to be like completely honest, I don't don't want to calculate you know expected goals. I don't think I can track every game and and do all that. So I am at mercy of their accuracy. But um, in terms of those stats, I think think that uh, those guys know what they're doing, and then that's going to be. Uh, good enough for me at this point. And uh, another question I had was, how has the accuracy been so far? I know, like for me, it's been pretty good because you've been sending me the nightly odds, and I've been kind of relying on it. Also, informing myself with, you know, the athletic because obviously we pay for it, so we might as well get the benefit of Dom Lucision. And I, I like Money Puck a lot too, so I, I feel like I've been doing pretty well using your model combined with those two. So just explain the accuracy and, and maybe if you've had to make tweaks along the way or what have you. Yeah, so I, I actually only added the um, the goalies and the goals saved above expected uh, about three three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. 
Um, right, the one thing I didn't touch on the, uh, the general betting rules was unit size. So unit size would be you know what you put on every bet. You could be ten bucks, a hundred bucks, a dollar. It really doesn't matter, but it's a good way to standardize your bets because if you're putting a thousand dollars on one game and one dollar on the other, it doesn't really matter if one won and the other didn't because you could be up one dollar and down a thousand dollars. Right, right. So um, in terms of units, uh, before I added the um, before I added the goal saved above expected, I was uh, up twelve units through i think 85 games i was hitting at about 72 percent um which wasn't that impressive because a lot of the times the uh the the favorite which would be the minus odds in american is is the right outcome um it's really just finding the value and making sure that you're not overpaying for that favorite since the addition of the the gold save above the expected you know the goalie stats um my hit rate's been up to about 80 percent so it's an 8% increase or an increase of 8%. And um, I'm up nine units through, um, I don't have the number here. I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, I'm, up, I'm up nine units in about 35 games. There was a, a push in there um, just because of the way my, my site works. But uh, nine, in, nine in 38 versus 12 in 85. So I'm, I, I am seeing uh, an increase since the goal is saved above expected. And I do have a list of other factors that I think would benefit. It's kind of a rolling project just to see how things go. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to be perfect, right? It's, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. But um, it, it's also fun just seeing how uh, something you built is, is coming to life. Okay, so what are some of the factors then that you think you could also include? Like, what are some advanced analytics that you think are important for predicting, like successful predicting? Yeah, I... Um, I wanted to investigate, you know, all the fancy words, the Corsi, Corsi, the PDO, <laughs> see how uh, see how those, you know, affect things. I, I like expected goals as kind of an overarching stat. Um, some of the, like, I guess, more traditional stats, you know, um, the power play and the penalty kill. And then if you're facing a very penalized team, someone who, mm. who gets a lot of penalties, is that power play for your opposition? Or I guess your power play versus their penalty kill, is that going to come into play? Um, maybe like a, a good team factor, quote unquote good. You know, I, I don't think um, when the Leafs play someone like the Sens, they show up in the same way they do when they're playing the Lightning. So some sort of way to categorize these teams and see how, how they, uh, they show up when they're playing someone above them, someone below them, or, or just maybe in those different thirds of the standings and then also like a recency factor so you know last 10 games i think hockey is very streaky we see players get hot and um and they they can go off for a week or two so i think that would be an interesting stat to uh to have again all of that um it can get so intricate but uh right now i just uh i'm just kind of chipping away at these i've never been like much of a better at all but I've definitely been asked a lot, who do I think is going to win? Because I just watch a lot of hockey and kind of the, the go-to ones that I, I look at right away because I'm not looking at advanced analytics while I'm you know sitting around having a beer with the guys yeah. after they ask me. The first thing I think about is recency. Last time these two teams played, I think about power play and how many penalties the other team's taken so you kind of knock them all off right there like kind of the traditional like easy things that i can think about but when it comes to the like the model of myself i'm a 
I'm a stats guy. I love stats. I've been getting into advanced analytics, but I'm also a hockey player and like through and through a hockey player where I believe in voodoo and I believe in uh, breaking your funk and change of scenery and all these like buzzwords around the hockey mentality of things that can happen that will have an outcome in a game, but it's just, it's not quantifiable at all. It's, you know, I'm thinking about how the last time these two teams played, um, you know, they they lost the one team lost five one to the other team and there was three fights at the end of the game well i think that the other team that's gonna that loss is gonna come out just flying when these teams play you know i kind of think about the uh the psychology of a hockey player when when i'm thinking about betting and i should really just stick to the the stats (laughs) or like i think think it goes both ways um sorry to cut you off chad but no i think um i look back to uh another dark memory just in in the mind of a Leafs fan but the uh, the David Ayers game right like you told yeah. me the uh the whatever backup backup e-bug is coming on and, and he's facing like the top snipers in the NHL I, a million years I would never think that Carolina could hold the, hold down the fort but I, I, somehow they did I don't know if it's a Leafs curse but some some things you just can't really put into numbers so I get what you mean like it's uh there, there's like the hockey aspect and the stats and i i find like you're often at odds they're at odds with each other because you just don't know exactly what uh what side you want to pick i'd like to pull the the history of play in a playoff series if a team wins by more than let's say five or six goals i want to see the amount of times the team that lost wins the next game because i am willing to put money on they win more often than not. Oh, yeah. It seems like every time someone whops someone 7-1 in the first game of a playoff series, they lose 3-2 to them next game. It's 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 constantly. I see it happening. All right. Next week, we'll uh, we'll have those results. I'll run the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually I was going to say that too, Case, because that's the first thing I think of. Like when a team gets absolutely shelled and it's like 6-1-7-1, you know, for a fact, I mean, if they're a good team that they're coming back next game and they're going to do that to their next opponent, whether it's the same team or not. Like if it's Colorado getting like absolutely pumped by the Leafs, like that seven, three game, I'd have to look, but they probably came out the next game and beat a team, you know, five, two or something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of how many times someone's asked me like, Oh, who's the devil's playing tonight? I would say, Oh, they're playing Washington. And they go, how do you feel about that game? I'm like, well, Washington lost four, nothing last game. So I'm not feeling good at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just going to be a stomping of the devils. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Remy, I've got another one. If uh, if you guys are good, if I jump in here, um, yeah. just give me like your general betting strategies on a nightly basis. So a night like tonight, I mean, it's a bit weird because it's Martin Luther King Day, so there are a ton of afternoon games. But on a night like tonight, what resources other than your model, if you are using resources other than your model, uh, are you using to inform yourself and make decisions on tonight's games i think it goes back to what we just discussed you know you're going to have the stats but then there's also little pieces of news my model doesn't really take uh take into account individual player absences especially with with covid and and the uh you know the the last minute changes in the lineups that's going to have an effect especially if it's a locker room guy right there you know you don't, you don't want the mojo of the room uh thrown off I think um, I feel like from a statistics point of view, a lot of those factors uh, kind of balance each other uh, out over the long term. 
So I think if you do stick to something like the model um, in the in the big picture, you'll all those things will work each work themselves out, and uh, really the statistics will will prevail. If you if you want to jump into tonight's picks, we can see how I'm doing so far. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I <laughs> it was funny. I uh, I had the uh, the Sabers and Red Wings game up. And it was some of the worst hockey I've ever seen. I don't know. Were you watching her? I was watching, yeah. Like, oh, yes. It reminds me of like Pee Wee practice when it, the co- last five minutes and the coach is like everybody on and nothing happens. The puck just goes around and around and nothing, nothing really gets done. I just thought it was uh, atrocious. I didn't realize like how, how bad it looked between those two teams, at least. Uh, but luckily, I unfortunately for Harp, I did have the Red Wings, so the the comeback was there. Um, it, it was it was pretty bad though. I don't know. It it just seemed like no one could get anything done. Um, well, let's see what else I got. I had the Avs, so Minnesota forced a shootout, which is pretty impressive. Um, but I did have the Avs, and it was in the model three two. Now, one thing I find about the games is. Games can be if they're high scoring, they're usually high scoring for both teams. You know, if they if they open up, the style changes and and we really see like uh, we'll never we won't see. Sometimes you see like the the six nothing, but if it's back and forth, back and forth, a, a two one game could easily turn into like a five a five four game. So um, I think my model is really good at predicting. You know, which team should score more. But it's not very good yet at predicting exactly how much they score just because of the, the in-game dynamics. Um, right. I also had the Coyotes. So I think they're up. 4-2. Yeah, they're the up 4-2. So that's, that's looking good. I, yep. I did have the Kings. So I will say Timo, Timo got me there. Timo. Well, also, if, we, if, uh, if Johnny Quick shows up too, I'm sure that's a different story. Yeah, I'd love to see the expected goals in uh, in that game because I have I have quick at actually saving 0.7 goals a game above expected 0.8 actually. He's so, been good. He's yeah. so his his nine saves in 15 shots is is not good. Oh, it didn't. It's not what the model said. I will say that. <laughs> so if if we if we say Arizona won, that uh, I guess that puts us at about just just over a unit so if you bet a dollar on each game like the the special boys in the booth picks you'd be up one dollar nice so all right it all it all adds up i think the uh, uh the late slate oh you're gonna what was that oh i was just gonna say i think your model might have to work in uh what jonathan quick had for breakfast that morning <laughs> i don't know how you're gonna get a macro to pull that but it's got to be something <laughs> like that it's it definitely like i don't know like a couple mcgriddles or something something just really weighing down <laughs> love it but yeah remy don't uh don't worry about missing that one the the pacific division is is the worst one in the nhl as i'm sure you know and and uh Sucks. so it's it's pretty up in the air when you're betting on games between two uh division rivals yeah and there's another factor right rivalry that i think those teams are going to show up harder they they know it's an important game in the standings so Again, just so many things to add. Uh, looking forward to tonight. I got, I guess this game's on. I think Chicago scored recently, but I have the Hawks beating the the uh, the crackheads, as Chad likes to call them. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have the the Islanders, the Blues, and the Penguins. So there you have it. I um, 
I think the biggest factor here is um, if Billy Huso starts uh, versus UC Saros, those are two really top goalies. So that I think that's going to be a very tight game. Nashville seems to uh, to always find a way to come back. I know recently there's been a lot of games between these top teams like Nashville, Florida, Carolina, where they look like they're out of it and somehow they tie it, tie it up late in the third. And that's actually one of my favorite bets is the uh, the live bet because hockey's a funny sport. You know, you're down by a goal. It seems like you're down and out, but then you can pull the goalie and you just get a free power play. So uh, late in the game, if you get a, a live bet opportunity on a team that that's, you know, you've been playing well. I, and I think this is where like the eye test comes in. You, you see a team, they look good. They're just not getting it done. Um, looking at like the Leafs or the Caps with Matthews or Ovi. Those are guys who are like just know how to put the puck in the net. So if you can get those those guys at a high return, I think there's uh, some value there. And I, I've been doing a lot of the live bets where you get uh, really crazy odds, and then if they tie it up, you can usually hedge out your bet, which uh, in layman's terms just means like it's like a cash out. You bet against yourself, so no matter what happens, you're guaranteed uh, to make a profit. Right. Sweet. I know you love. Saros, do you happen to have right now like what his expected goals are in front of you like for tonight's game? You're saying it's gonna matter if if he starts, you know. But yeah. I know you've been trying so to I, pry him off me in fantasy. That's why I bring it up. I just I I the biggest blunder of my fantasy, my draft was Grubauer. You know, I thought Seattle new team, they're gonna come out hot, and uh, I think I passed up on like Anderson. I passed up on a lot. I took I took Grubauer way too early, and I think that's been a a crux. So yeah, I've been trying to do the uh, the snake oil sales to back at you <laughs> with Saros. I can't say who I'm trying to pawn off because uh, everyone in the league is gonna know my my secrets. But right now, I got I have Saros at point uh, four eight goal saved above expected, which is pretty good. Yeah, and uh, on the year, I guess we can take a look at that too. He. Um, yeah, he's actually he's saved about 15 goals this year. It uh, compared to expected. So expected's 89 and he's only letting 74. Yeah. So definitely uh one of the bigger gaps there, which uh, I think he's playing amazing like just came right in for Rene and and they didn't really break a sweat. Nashville's um always a team to be reckoned with. I do like the um the banner you know what is it the 2017 western conference regular season <laughs> yeah <chance>? yeah so <laughs> yeah <laughs> forced to be reckoned with it nashville is a weird team like at the start of the season i think we put them in seventh in that division guys when we were ranking them and oh yeah like maybe i think around seventh and we were like you know what is this team but we've seen the resurgence of matt duchene philip forsberg saros has been ridiculous all year uh what's his name roman yossi is playing like a norris caliber defenseman again so like this team is like are they good are they gonna make the playoffs like i don't know i i think for sure and uh let's not forget tanner Janot, who could very well be a calder trophy finalist and uh he he does a little bit of everything but you're right like i think all of us were very critical of nashville and again like remy i can get why you like sorrow so much He's kind of the guy there. He was the one who was 
solely responsible, I think, in, in my opinion, for the big run that they went on last year. And so, um, you know, going with him uh, on a lot of nights to, to do well is, is, uh, is not a bad bet for sure. Also, I will say to Remy that at the start of the year, I was very high on Grubauer as well. I think I had him ranked in, in my, you know, pre-fantasy draft projections. I think I had him ranked like in and around my seventh or eighth best goalie in the league because I expected Seattle to be a lot better than they are. Casey knows all about this one. And I'm sure when time comes around where we talk about, you know, our, our standings update and, and where we were wrong and where we were right, I'm going to hear about that Seattle prediction. Oh, but I am going to clip so much <laughs> from that Pacific Division rankings where you guys are just at me about putting seattle dead last in that division i just hated their odds but i will i will say this hold on case about seattle is that they have had abysmal goaltending from both of their guys all year in terms of goals saved above expected so if they had even average goaltending similar to the penguins last year in the playoffs they would have been way better off this season but they haven't got it done Grubauer, well, last or, week, what's his name? I, I took that mentality of something's got to give, and I needed a last-minute pickup for a game's played, and I grabbed Grubauer, so I got him in net. Um, and I picked him up last week, and he got me minus 4, 0.45 points. <laughs> so, <laughs> just brutal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, anything else for Remy before we wrap up? I don't think so. Just uh, just wanted to, to be the first to say thank you. Uh, extremely informative. And, uh, you know, th- this this is all still so fresh, I think, for a lot of people. But uh, for for us, I have yet to kind of dive into the to the betting world myself. But just to, to hear the terminology that was big and and uh, the live betting as well, because we like to joke around and say, oh, yeah, Harp's more of an eye test guy and and all of this. So. <laughs> Um, that that is something that's definitely interesting too. But no, just very informative, and and it's cool that uh, you know we can we can have a guy on to uh, to talk about his model, and you see some of the other ones out there. So the fact that you have your own, you're tinkering with it all the time is really cool, Remy. So just thank you for being so informative and, and knowledgeable here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. Harp's model would be like uh well the player the player on nashville his dad played with the coach of buffalo so he's gonna score this game and nashville's gonna win (laughs) like some nonsense like that like oh that that gm was the assistant to the regional manager of um the other team so he's gonna have his guys in shape for this game it's just like a bunch of nonsense connections that he picks his teams based off or something like that. Yeah. John Tavares's uh, child just got enrolled in preschool. So he's riding a high right now. And that would be factored in. <laughs> I think for Harp's model, too, there would be like a grit factor as well. And Tom Wilson would be at the top for grit, expected grit and all of that. So expected grit. <laughs> but but anyways. Yeah, yeah. I would say if there is like any sport where like those storylines come to play, I feel like hockey always has those. Like I remember uh, Joe Valeno in Detroit, he had to drive up from Grand Rapids with Stevie Y because yeah. like they, they were crossing the border and he couldn't get a test, a COVID test in time. He had to do it a different way and couldn't fly with the team. I don't know what it was. And I think he got a goal that night. There's mm-hmm. always these little stories where yeah. uh, 
uh, and I feel like it's always the Leafs coming into play too. Maybe I just watch them too much, but like, oh, rookie's first game. Oh, he had three points against the Leafs. Like, just yeah. just putting money on that seat might be profitable. Yeah, the first one that comes to mind for me, it's actually uh, two stories, same guy, Brian Boyle. Um, called up. He was playing for Manchester, which is in the Northeast. Called up to play in LA. Uh, got on the plane that afternoon landed 30 minutes before the game got in the game and scored his first nhl point and then again brian boyle uh has cancer and then on hockey fights cancer night he scores a hat trick not a guy known for scoring but in both those circumstances he came up big so it's like whose model ever predicted that you know i I will wasn't that boyle's first game back too after like having his cancer go into remission as well like I don't know if that's an added if that was the case or not, but I'm thinking like, about it and maybe I feel like that game he scored like the shootout winner or something. Maybe yeah yeah, yeah I, like that. I think you're you're confusing two things. Could be. In his first game back, he had a moment as well. Yeah, it's it, it's funny we're bringing all this up like the connections and and you know backstories and things like that. One future one to watch out for for betting will be to see like what kind of bets are placed in a Vegas Buffalo game when Jack Eichel finally makes his return and faces the Sabres for the first time because that'll all come into effect. His time there, the whole, like, just the anger, the frustration from the not being able to get the surgery he wanted. And so it's like how many guys are going <laughs> to bet that, oh, Vegas will win this one you know, it's seven like, one. Ike will have five points. Like just Jack you know, Eichel so- to score minus ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just it, it's the first thing I thought of. Just sort of looking ahead to the near future a little bit, and that uh, I agree. Like it just those little connections, those little backstories. They they are factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think I should mention that put my money where my mouth was, and uh, I went ahead and put so I put a future on Ovechkin winning the MVP because I said he would, and uh, the same as um, Washington winning the cup because I, that was my bold prediction. So I put a future on that just to you know try to back myself on this and Roman Yossi winning the Norris as well. Yeah. Good odds, too, on Washington, and they're a good team. If they make the playoffs, anything can happen. But before we wrap up, I wanted to say, too, like, speaking of hockey betting, like, I titled this episode, um, like, this this model is going to make you rich, or, like, how to get rich on hockey betting. So I hope that we did provide some, you know, benefit to the people listening, and I think Remy's model is is a pretty good one to, to at least, you know, have as a starting point. But uh, I wanted to say, too, that hockey in general, I think, is the most like it's definitely the luckiest sport. And Remy, I I was just as sort of a final question, I was wondering if you could kind of weigh in on that, like compared to, say, a basketball, like I feel like hockey, the underdog wins way more because so much of the game is just more determined by luck as opposed to basketball, where you have the same five guys on the court for virtually the entire game who you kind of know exactly what they're going to do. Right. So is that a fair assessment to say that? I would say uh, since I've been tracking things, the uh, the favorite's been winning just about on par with expected. Uh, I think there's so many factors and, and again, like the way like going back to like our initial conversation on like bookies and stuff, the way like Vegas or the house wants to place their odds is what they think based on their model. They might favor someone 
as, as a, an underdog or a favorite um just just because that's the way they're exposed and they want to they want to shift where the money's going um so it's really hard to say but i i do agree that it feels like hockey's really hard to predict you know every every time you think you got not a sure thing but you, uh, a likely outcome it, it seems to go the other way um and i don't know if that's because yeah you know everyone plays different uh different ice time and, and they they have i would say less of a factor on the uh, the outcome uh, than like another star in like basketball or or baseball but um we can we can definitely set something up to start tracking that and, and uh regroup and, and see how it goes by the end of the year that'd be cool all right guys if that's uh everything i'll wrap up now any any final questions for yeah me? no just just uh thank you again and for coming on and just be prepared for me to bug you for your model every <laughs> night yeah I, I think um we're gonna set up the patreon for the uh for the pick so Love it. you'll have the link i don't know <laughs> no thanks for having me guys it was, it was a lot of fun we should uh we should come back later in the year and, and see see how the um the models evolved and and see if you guys uh have gotten into the uh the degenerate lifestyle anymore any deeper <laughs> too late on that part <laughs> yeah yeah betting aside thanks. too late thanks, on Remy. that part <laughs> yeah betting aside yeah okay Have thanks remy one. for doing this and uh thank you so much for the listeners for listening to episode 112 of the boys in the booth podcast uh we'll talk to you next week cheers this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 